All right, good morning, everyone. So I have another morning thought for you guys today, and this is going to be something kind of outside of the uh, investment realm, but it's still related somehow. And so as you guys can see, at least down below what I have shared on the screen right now is something that's really related to what I what my specialty is, which is biology. And so the article that I'm reading, at least on the iPad right here, is successful farming it's from the successful farming magazine and it's called capturing carbon credits from grassland measuring and marketing systems are in place to meet a growing demand for grassland carbon credits by raylene nickel and so this is an ex this this is a really really interesting read and because right now the government the u.s government has just uh enacted a law or has been promoting a net zero carbon emission for a long time right now and farmers right now are having trouble with that uh, just because a lot of what they do is very carbon intense so they're burning a lot of fossil fuels for you know the tractors their uh equipment they're also using uh, they're also growing a lot of livestock, which produce a lot of these carbon emissions, you know, CO2 and methane and other gases uh, from just daily cellular activity. And so the idea is that, hey, well, if we want to help the agricultural community out or help the farmers out, why don't we develop a company and have them practice a new way to graze? And grazing just means that you have livestock on a grassland and they'll eat the grass without you having to like feed them uh, because they're just wandering around the grassland. Okay. And so the company B Carbon, which is a, a nonprofit company, uh, which was created in 2020 by Rice University, I believe, something around those areas. Uh, or originated, the, the concept originated from Rice University around those areas. They're pretty much incentivizing a lot of uh, farmers to, hey, why don't you volunteer for our program? Try out this new grazing method. And if your carbon content in your soil increases after five years, we will pay you. And so the concept is very similar to the idea of crop rotation, where, you know, you have three fields that you would uh use as a rotation when growing crops one year you're going to use one field the next year you're going to transition uh to the new field while growing uh crops that will rejuvenate the soil and then the year after you just leave it alone and you'll use the you know you're, you're going to rotate between those crops over three ish uh fields and it could be more but the minimum would be three and so the idea, that same idea, at least that's the analogy that I'm going to go with, is what these grazing practices are. And they're, they're going to they're gonna call it like grazing, sequestering, sequestering, grazing lands, etc. Uh, pattern grazing, whatever, the, whatever fancy lingual that they're using. But essentially what they're doing is they're devising a plot of acres for the cows to graze on either per day, per year, per month, per week, whatever it might be. And then in the next time length, whatever length that might be, and say in the next month, they'll move the cattle to a new plot of land, letting this previous land die out or rejuvenate and allowing the dead matter to go steep into the soil or, you know, allow the soil to uptake these dead matters. And so it's very similar to the idea of composting, 
it's very similar to the idea of natural rejuvenation. It's not a synthetic type of form where you're putting chemicals into the soil. It's a much more natural process, and it doesn't really cost the farmers anything besides you know training their cattle to eat at one area over another. And so what they found after five years and after the uh, volunteering farmers came in and did it was that they found that there was an increase in soil carbon content, organic soil carbon or organic carbon in the soil. And so why is this important? Well, with organic carbon in the soil, one, the carbon that was supposed to be in is now inside the soil. So that's the first thing because you have dead plant matter inside the soil. Okay, that's awesome. So the carbon is now in the soil. It's not being digested. And if it's not being digested, it's not getting released as carbon dioxide, which is CO2, which is the main culprit of global warming. Awesome. So you're already lowering a lot of carbon dioxide emission from livestock grazing, and it's buried inside the soil. So it's kept in a organic form. Awesome. Number two. With more carbon content inside the soil, you are promoting a microorganism ecosystem. What does that mean? That means that your soil is now going to be more lively. There's going to be more earthworms, more microbes, more animals feeding off of the dead matter, dead plant matter. And this allows more micronutrients, more nitrogen fixating bacteria, more whatever it might be to to pretty much re re what is it re-add the nutrients back into the soil all right that's number two that's a good benefit number two number three well with more organic things inside the soil it's not like sand right with more organic things inside the soil when it does rain or when you water your soil water the crops water the field the soil isn't going to erode as easily because there's a lot more things now inside the soil that prevents it from just freely flowing. So imagine at the beach when you're building a sandcastle, right? It's only sand and uh, a wave hits it and the sandcastle disappears. That's a very ex like a, a pictorial <laughs> example of what erosion is because there's nothing, there's no other things holding the sand together. There's no other obstacles that will force the water to move around and find the path of least resistance. So that's why the sandcastle just disappears. But the soil, if you have a whole bunch of things inside the soil, it's going to be much harder for the soil to disappear as easily, especially if they're not uniform things like leaves, sticks, plants, whatever the heck it might be inside. So that's the third thing. So soil erosion isn't going to be a, a huge factor like it was prior to this practice. And if there's no erosion, that means there's no nitrogen leaving the soil, no carbon leaving the soil, no sulfur, sulfur, phosphates leaving the field through erosion practice, which goes into our water system, which goes into the uh, uh, aqua territories, aqua biomes and all of that, which then, you know, causes a whole nother issue of overgrowing of algae, etc. I'm not going to get into that, but that's a good thing. So everything stays in the soil. Now, with a lot of other organic matter now in the soil, water retention, because it's not eroding anymore, is going to stay. So now you don't have to water your crops as often because everything is stuck in the soil. So that's five good things. And number six and seven, 
which ties in together, is theoretically, with all of that being said, if you have more nutrients, if you have more fertile soil, if you have more living soil, you're going to have a better crop, crop yield. Because, again, crops are going to take in all that nutrients. It's a very healthy environment for crops to grow in. So theoretically, you should have a higher crop yield. And because it's more nutrient-dense, it's more, you know, plentiful for the plants, you're going to have a better crop quality. So these are amazing type of things. Now, I don't want to be as uh, I don't want to be super biased here because the downside of that is that, well, if there's a lot of carbon dioxide stuck inside, say that the microorganism does eat the dead matter, there's a lot of carbon dioxide in the soil. Well, when it rains, it will turn into a carbonic acid. So you'll have acidified soil content, which can prove to be a, an issue later down the road. But that's a whole nother episode. But I want to give the two two concepts. So there, there's pros and cons, right? But right now, I see more pros than cons. And now, I haven't done too much research. This is just based on my understanding of plant biology and, and just general biology in general. But with that, you're, you're eliminating carbon dioxide from getting released as fast. Okay? And so if, for those of you guys who want more information, photosynthesis is the process that plant use to transfer carbon dioxide in a gas form into a sugar uh, that we eat or that cows eat and et cetera, uh, living animals eat. So taking raw carbon dioxide and combining them into a long carbon chain. Simplicity speaking, now there's a whole bunch of biochemical process involved, but simplicity speaking, that's what is happening. And so... This company was able to give, after the five years, they paid over $200,000 to these volunteering farmers. And it's not that much. It's not that many farmers that volunteer because, again, it's a experimental type of agricultural practice. And the farmers does have to take into account the risk versus reward. The risk is, well, if I graze my cattle in this practicing way, my cattle is going to die. I'm going to lose my yield for the year. That's a bad thing because then you're losing money. But the risk, that's the risk. The reward is if it, if it does improve, you know, whatever it might be, whatever the incentive might have been for the farmers to volunteer, I'm going to receive that plus more, maybe. Okay. So now here's the shocking news, at least according to this article. In the United States alone, the amount of land that we have, the surface area that we have in the United States alone, 40 percent of that is being used as grazing land 40 percent that means around 650 million acres and if they were able to see an improvement okay between <clears throat> however many metric tons of carbon being stuck in the soil just magnify that for however many acres they use magnify that up to 650 million acres that is a lot of carbon dioxide content stuck in the soil now in a organic carbon form, either through cellulose, through sugar, through starch, etc. Whatever it might be, it's stuck in the soil and it's not being released into our atmosphere. So for net carbon emission, at least for in the agriculture industry, this is a good thing. Now. The entirety of the U.S. may have the potential to sequester more than one billion with a b 
metric tons of carbon dioxide per year or 20% of the total greenhouse gas emitted in the U.S. alone. So if all the farmers took into this practice, we're able to potentially reduce our U.S. greenhouse gas emission by 20%. That's one-fifth of what we are totally producing right now. And this could have a huge effect, especially in a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year time. This could have a huge, huge effect on just global warming, global climate. Okay? And so this is, I think, is an overall good thing for now. I do believe that we need to have better agricultural technology, at least in the long term. We're hitting that population where it's getting a little close to what the earth can hold capacity wise at least with our current technology if we're able to improve agricultural technology improve crop yield improve crop quality and be able to bring down the prices of a lot of those produce uh even more that's a good thing that's a really good thing and companies that are going to be a pioneer of this I feel is 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 going to have struggles in the beginning because again if you're starting anything you're going to go through all the obstacles but once it becomes efficient enough where people can see the value in it this is going to potentially change the world and it's probably something that a lot of the agricultural industry might go more towards and will become more comp uh, 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 we we can compete better against the tropical areas of agriculture like South America uh, Central America, Polynesia, Malaysia, India, etc. All of those tropical areas. Again, I don't know too much about the agricultural industry, but those are the things that come up to mind, at least when I'm looking at produce, I'm seeing where they're grown in. A lot of it is in those areas. So this is going to be a very, very uh, good thing in my opinion. And I'm pretty excited about it. But again, it's a very biased opinion right now. I don't have the opposite argument and i'm going to tell you that right now this is just my first initial thought reading this i still need to go into uh these websites and so i don't know if i've talked about this just yet but this is a cornell university website right here that th it's on the carbon organic carbon and they conclude that soil carbon management is an important strategy for improving soil quality increasing crop yield and reducing soil loss capturing carbon in the soil helps improve soil health and productivity and stabilizes the global carbon cycle benefiting agricultural production and this is a very condensed form uh, they also have a disclaimer here where they made this document for management uh, for people in management to understand the science behind the carbon i still need to read the science i still need to read both sides of it to see if this is something that is a good overall thing Right now, just based on the one article I read, plus the Cornell University's summary sheet, fact sheet nine, number 91, I think it's a good thing. But I still need more information. So I'll let you guys know once I find that more information. But let me know. That's it for today's episode. Let me know what your thoughts are overall on this idea, on this new potential farming practice. Being able to rotate your cows. <laughs> rotate your cows so that they're grazing on different plots of land to in improve crop yield, crop quality, as well as decrease carbon dioxide emission. Let me know your thoughts. What is it that you guys liked about these articles? And do you have a counter argument to, to what's being presented right here? Anyways, that's it for today's recording. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'll see you guys in the next recording.
Until then, see ya.